0: Good morning. My name is Pastor Peter Brunton. I'm the lead pastor here at Northwest Church. And I just want to give a huge shout out to all of you who are working so hard to make our culture work right now, to make our cities, to make our communities work right now. Many of us are stuck at home, but there are so many of you who are working hard. You're working 10 times harder than before, especially for to you who are in the The medical industry, I know my sister is in the medical industry over in Scotland. She's working hard. Even my next door neighbor as well, who is out there working hard every day. We just want to say a collective thank you from all of us here at Northwest Church, for all of us here in our community, and I'm sure in your communities as well, we want you to know how grateful we are that you are on the front lines with this whole coronavirus and with everything that is happening. We are just really grateful for the amount of work that you're putting into everything that is going on. Today is not only an exciting day for us, but uh, we have also got our online uh, streaming that's going on. If you want the full experience, just go to Northwest Orlando. That's northwestorlando.com. But if you are even on Facebook, you can watch us there. But usually we only show the sermons, so that usually starts just a little bit later. But right now we also have our online pastors. And if you're online, please log in to our chat boxes. Tell us that you're here. We specifically want you to do that. Um, partly because we, 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 the, the online pastors are there to reach out to you, to chat with you, to interact with you, and to, and to pray with you as well. But we have something later on that we would love you to be a part of. So if you sign in to the chat box and tell us you're there, it'll help us a lot. If you're here for the first time, I believe you could not have picked a better day than to tune in to watch what's happening here at Northwest Church, because this is a day when you're going to get to see hundreds of people, if not thousands of people who are a part of our community, go big today. We've been building up to this for a long time. We've been spending months on this, and the last two months we've been doing a whole series of teaching, building up to this specific day. And I hope that this is your first time here with us today, that you are going to be greatly encouraged with what you see So before we get into into today's teaching, I just need to do a quick recap because we have had more people tune in over the last few weeks um, to to actually watch and to join us with our service this morning. So I know that that there are many of you out there who are brand new to our church and, and in a sense it's like you're you're jumping into the middle of a journey that we have been going on. So let me just do a quick recap. We've actually been on this journey called Go Big, it's right here up on our screen to go big. And we actually have this, this uh, workbook that we've been working through. We've been following the journey of um, Abraham. And if you'd like one of these uh, booklets, we would love to send you one of these workbooks. It's, it's really cool. It shows you the journey we're on and the teachings that we've been following. It's absolutely free. Just put into the chat box, send me one and one of our pastors will absolutely get one to you. What is it that we've been going through? Well, we've been going through what we've been calling this journey of go big. Now, And this is the teachers we've had made up. Now, all the teachers we've had made up, we've got boxes and boxes and boxes of these. In fact, we were looking to actually give each and every one of you one of these t-shirts. And it turns out we're all stuck at home, so you can't come and get one. But uh, we're definitely keeping one for you. So make sure that you come and uh, get one of these t-shirts when we're able to gather together. We miss you guys. We love uh, being together with you. But of course, we'll just have to wait. Let me show you a few pictures of what it is that we are working towards. We are we're going build, big, to build a new building, to build a new location that would allow us to reach a greater amount of people than before. Here's some pictures that we've got. Here's the first picture we've got. This is the first rendering of our church building. We've really decided to make it as cool as possible. We know this is, this is even just one of the first buildings that we're going to build. Here's another uh, view of it as you go inside. And how cool is this? Of course, they always have the the coffee bar before you get into church because church doesn't happen without a mug of caffeine, am I right? Um, I'm not going to show you every picture today, but we do have some really cool renderings of, of, uh, of what we've got going on here. Now, of course, as you're seeing that picture that's there, you'll also be able to see just kind of tucked in the corner is another little picture that's there as well. Well, actually, our vision for our building is not just one building. In fact this is only one of the buildings that we're looking to build. You can see there's actually four buildings there. And we have a journey that we're taking probably for the next 10 to 15 years. We even have a vision planned out for the next 20 years of what we believe that God is calling us to. And so that's just a quick update of what it is that we are doing. Now, some of you might be thinking even, you know, is this is this not bad timing to talk about buildings and about trying to to go and make a huge commitment uh, together where we're faithfully bringing our resources together to build something new. Where I look at this and say, no, this is probably the greatest time because it's when there are great challenges where I believe that the spirit of God proves himself and he moves in much greater ways through our faith. It's also a phenomenal time because probably the cost Of building a building have now sunk and so I believe that this has moved in our favor for us to keep faithful with what God is calling us to do. Now why are we doing this? Well there's two very very simple reasons of why we're building a new building. Number one is that we believe that our mandate is to reach more people for Christ as every church is called to do, as every Christian is called to do and so it is impinging on us. In order to take steps of faith and to boldly go where maybe no other Christian has gone before to reach into people's lives where they have never been reached for Christ. But the other reason why we want to build this building is because we want to give a better tool to our children. Why? To do greater things than we've ever done. One of the greatest joys that a parent can have is that they see their children do greater things than they've ever done before. And so today we're going to look at today's teaching about uh, going big today. And if you've got your booklet with you, you can uh, flip over to page 36 and you'll be able to follow along. You can take notes there as well. Today we are going big. Now requires quite a commitment. I know that when I first got married, when I wanted to get married to Crystal and how much I started to fall in love with her because I realized she's the most wonderful person in the world. I had to make a commitment to her. If I wanted to have her in my life, if I wanted to have her attention, if I wanted to have her, her love and, her, and everything that she's got to give to me, I had to make sure that I was willing to give everything I had to to her as well. I had to make a commitment. I had to go big. And it's more than just going down on one knee and putting a ring on someone's finger. It's even for me, I had to give up my country. I had to give up maybe other future plans that I had in order to say, I'm willing to put everything second to now this relationship. It's as simple as even what it takes to even buy a house. You have to make a commitment. How many pieces of paper do you have to sign in order to buy a house? If you want to have children, how much of your time do you have to give up to have children? You have to give up hobbies. You have to give up maybe vacations. You have to give up the things that you desire. You have to give up your sleep just to have children. Great things require you to go big. They require you to make big commitments. And today I want to talk about two commitments and what a commitment does and what it shows about you. The first one is this. What you're committed to reveals the nature of who you are. Let me say it again. What you're committed to reveals the nature of who you are. Why? Because everybody is chasing after something. You realize you're committed to something. You're not just someone who is just meandering through life. You have made a decision to be committed to something. It might be that you're committed to your mortgage. It might be that you're committed to a very high cable TV bill. It might be that you're committed to a very nice car and you're making high payments on a nice car. It might be you're committed to an education or maybe you're committed to getting your hair done regularly. I'm sorry for those of you who are stuck at home and can't get to the hairdresser and now all your gray roots are starting to show through. Or some of you are getting your nails They're starting to look ratty because you're so used to getting your nails done every week and it's starting to drive you nuts. It's amazing how committed we are to certain things. But when they're taken away from us, we start to have a certain emotional breakdown because we can't have those things anymore. It tells you what you're committed to. Maybe you're committed to all the tools that you can buy and you love your shed full of tools or or maybe you're just committed to love and how much money you spend on love. Everybody is committed to something. Give me your bank statement. I will be able to tell you what you're committed to. Give me your bank statement and I'll be able to tell you what you're committed to. What you're committed to reveals the nature of who you are. Even Jesus said this in Matthew six twenty one. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We could even flip that around and say, where your heart is, is where your treasure is. You see, where your money is, is where your heart is. Where your heart is, is where you spend your money. Now, we all like to think that we're pretty unselfish people, right? I, I've always thought, you know, in and in, probably in a very subconscious manner, I'm not that selfish. I'm, I'm a very unselfish person. And I remember over about 20 years ago, uh, more than 20 years ago, when I first came to America, I only came for a year or two, maybe just to work, just to serve, just to enjoy myself, to get cultural experience and all that type of thing. And I was a young guy and I had a, an, a cool car that I used to have back in Scotland. And forgive me if many of you have already heard this story before, but when I was, when I was here in America, I had that car and I had the intention of going back to Scotland and still using that cool car that I had. But I knew that when I was here, God started to squeezed my heart and said, give away your car. No, I didn't want to give away my car. What, what, God, but God, you don't understand. I, I need that car when I go back to Scotland. God didn't tell me I was not going to go back to Scotland. He just said, give away your car. And I and I could feel him pressing on me and pressing on me. And finally I got to the place and I said, mom, and I called up my mother and I said, mom, just give away my car. She said, why are you going to give away your car? Because I feel like God keeps telling me to do it and, I, and I'm not going to be happy. I'm just going to be miserable if I don't do what God's told me to do. And, and And then a few weeks later she called me up and she said, there's someone I want to give your car to. And I just figured it was someone who needed a car. It turned out there was a young woman who I grew up with called Sonia. And, and, and I grew up with her and I knew her background. I knew the horrific things that she had gone through as a child. I knew the, the abuse that she had gone through, through with her fa- under, at the hands of her father and her brothers. And, and she was a very, very fragile type of person. she got married and she'd had children. And she still wrestled with these demons from her past. And one day she decided to take a, a, her car, the, the only family car that they had. And they drew, she drove it down to the river side with a can of gasoline, poured it over herself, and she burned herself alive, and she died in that car, and my mother said, I'm going to give the car to the family, because they don't have a car anymore. But here's the thing, this is not a boast about, look what I have given, about anything it was to my shame that I was fighting God on this, that I was saying, no, I, would, I don't want to give this over to you, God, no, I don't want to do this. Yet God wants us to give things because he wants us to do greater things. He wants to do greater things with the things that we give to him. But our God is never, ever going to force us to be generous. He'll never force you to do it. He'll give you an opportunity to do it. Because you see, generosity doesn't just reveal the nature of who you are. It also reveals the nature of who God is. Generosity what you're committed to reveals the nature of who God is. Now for me, I gave my car reluctantly because I, was, I, I wanted it. I didn't want to let go of it. I loved that car. I was giving, listen now, I was only giving second best in my life. I wasn't giving my best. I was only giving my second best. Hey, God, I'll give my time. I'll go to America because it benefited me. But no, no, I won't give my car. That would be. would have been my best. That would have been the, the thing that was my greatest treasure. And that reflected on who my God was. You see, my God was my car. But God in heaven, our Father, who gave his son for us, he is the one who gave his best. We know that by reading John three sixteen that says this for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It's not like he had a bunch of sons and said, Oh, that one over there, that, that kid the, the, the dumb one. Yeah, g- give the dumb one to the world. Let him die on a cross and, and that will be the sacrifice of everyone. No, no, no. He gave his one and his only son. If he gave his best, then shouldn't we? You see, kids are meant to mimic their parents. They're meant to follow after their example. What do your actions say about your father? What do your actions say about who your God is? If you look at your bank statement today, who is your God? What is your God? Do others know how good God is in heaven because of how much you are changed? Because if your life is entirely changed to become a fully generous person, then anybody that looks at you can truly say, then your God, your father must be generous too, because that's who you follow. Yet God will never force you to be generous. He never forced Jesus to do it. He asked the son and he said, son, I want you to do this. And the son had to say, yes, I will go. God will never force you to do this. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Whatever you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. He's not looking to make us miserable. He's not making, looking to make us, uh, 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 our lives suffer in such a way that we're miserable. To be clear, he doesn't mind you suffering. He doesn't mind you going through difficult times. But this is not for the goal that you are, you're a miserable person. This is for the goal that you become like him. You become cheerful. You become joyful. You become generous yourself. The nature of our God is a God who freely gave to us. And if he is to be my God, then I must be like him. You can't say that God is your God and then not be generous. Your commitments tell you a lot about the nature of who you are. And it reveals a lot about the nature of who God is. If you don't mind, I'm just going to switch gears here just for a second. Because I want to go back to talking about Abraham. Now, many of you, as we've already uh, talked about, are, I know you're watching this for the first time. Maybe you've, you've only seen us a couple of times at Northwest Church on, on our website or on Facebook. But we've been on a journey of discovering who Abraham is for the last five weeks. And now this is our sixth week. We've been talking about going, get, going big for quite a few months now. But specifically, we've been focusing on this guy called Abraham. And Abraham was the model of what our faith is from the Old Testament. The New Testament talks about Abraham a lot. In fact, it talks about Abraham a lot in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is called the chapter of faith. It's like a summation of all the great people in the Old Testament and the faith that they lived out. In fact, it gives a list of so many people. It has Abel, Enoch, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses' his parents, Moses, the Israelites, Joshua, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, and those who lived and suffered and died in the life of faith. It has all these different people. And it gives a massive list of people saying, these are the people who live by faith. And every sentence starts with like this. It goes, by faith, Abel gave a sacrifice. By faith, Enoch walked by God. By faith, Noah built an ark. And it talks about faith 32 times in this chapter. 32 times. But here's the thing. Each one of those people only get one verse. Then it comes to Abraham. And it gives him 11 verses. And we're going to read from verse 8 of chapter 11 of Abraham. Because, again, he is the greatest example of faith in the Bible that we know of. Now listen now. As we're about to read this, I realize that some of you are going to read along with us. And you're going to go, I, I don't, "This okay, this doesn't mean a lot to me. But if you've been on the journey with us for the last five weeks you'll recognize some of the things that we've been talking about in Genesis. And here now, it's summed up in the New Testament. And then it's going to land on a final scripture that is just going to move you. So let's read this. It says this. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. He obeyed and went. And even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And if you remember the story, Sarah and Abraham were about 75 years old when God told them, I'm going to bless the nations through you by giving you a child. And of course, they couldn't have children. They were barren. And it wasn't until Abraham and Sarah were 100 years old before they literally had a child. Now, I know this is insane. That's a crazy story. I'm just catching you up. Verse 12. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, meaning he was old, right, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. We're just going to skip a few verses and we're going to go down to verse 17 by faith Abram when God tested him offered Isaac as a sacrifice now wait a second do you remember the teaching we did about when Isaac was the only son of Abraham and then when he turned about 30 years old God said to Abraham I want you to give me your son I want you to sacrifice him and so he sure took God took his son to to, to God and said I now sacrifice my son and God said no 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 I now no longer want you to sacrifice your son. I wanted to just see if you were faithful. You see, God will test us on us giving the things that we love the most to see if we truly trust him with the best that we have. Continuing on. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Skipping down to verse 39. And it says this. These, talking about all the people that are mentioned that we just went through a list of. All the people that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. The people that walked and demonstrated their life through faith. It says these people were all commended. That means congratulated by God. Were honored by God. Were raised up by God. They were all commended for their faith. Watch this. Yet... None of them received what had been promised. Wait a second. How is it that God would promise us something and then not give us the very... Does that not mean that God is breaking his promise? They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Here's the thing. Some of you are going to give significantly into this Go Big initiative... And you may not see the very things that you dream of. You may not see the things that you have a promise for. I remember years ago, my, my wife's grandmother used to come here. Her name was Mima. And she used to come here every Friday morning with a group of women. When I say every Friday morning, I don't remember a Friday when she wasn't here. And she would come here every Friday morning at 9 o'clock to pray all the way through Noon for three hours with any woman that would turn up nancy long you were there with her as well there was so many that would gather together these group of ladies would get together and they would pray and pray and pray i remember for at least 15 years she diligently prayed why did she do it because she believed in the promise that god was giving her she believed in the vision that god had showed her and she was committed to that vision She wasn't committed to a demand that she had to see in her lifetime. She was committed to the God who said that he was going to do it. And I wish that she could be here today to see what this church has become. I wish that she was here today so she could see this booklet. I wish she could see the photographs of the renderings of the buildings that we're about to build. Because the fact is, it's only going to be a manifestation of what she already saw in her heart. What she saw in her heart was something greater. But here is the beautiful thing about this scripture. This scripture, as you noticed, it's got a comma right there. It's not finished. That sentence is yet to be completed. And here's the completion of that sentence. And it says this, since God had planned something better for us. You see, God is not the God who breaks promises. Just because things don't go your way, just because they don't seem to manifest exactly as the way that you see things or that you want things to be, you have to have faith that God will always do greater things than you could ever imagine. Because you see, you're only looking into things very dimly. You can only see a part of the great things that God has given us. You don't move and they, you don't move in faith and make a decision to be committed to something because you understand it or because you completely see it. You move in faith and you're committed to something because of the God that you trust. You see, children mimic their parents. They follow their parents because they trust their parents. God will always give us better things because He promised that to us. Even in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 it says this, now to him our father who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. What we have put together, these designings, these these, these drawings, these, these these this vision for the next 20 years, this is our best insight. This is our best plans to what we ask and what we imagine for. But it says this, that God will do immeasurably more than this. He has greater things planned than what we have dreamed of. This is about trusting that God will do more. This is what gives us great faith. This is why we're moving in such a way as a church in the way that we are. Even with all the challenges, even with the way the economy is going, we are committed to this vision because we know this doesn't belong to us. This is what God has called us to. And we're committed to it because it reveals the character. It reveals the the generosity of our Father. It reveals who we are as well. And Two Fridays ago, not this past Friday, but two Fridays ago, I called our leaders together online and we did a live broadcast like this because we couldn't gather together. And I'd asked them to make a commitment first. And wow, the response, the generosity was overwhelming with what they chose to give what they've chosen to do for the next two years. And actually what I did is I asked them to to video themselves and tell us why they decided to go big. So we're gonna show right now a small video of what those guys said. Let's roll that video.
1: I decided to go big because I wanted Because I want an awesome church to grow up in. Swindells are going big because we want a bigger stage so that we can do things like this. I'm going big because I want to see the kingdom of God advance, and I believe that Northwest Church is at the forefront of advancing
0: God's kingdom. We are going big because we trust in the Lord, we're offering everything on the altar to Him. Yep. We've decided to go big because it's where our friends have become our family.
2: And we want to see our family grow. Go big. Hey, we're the DeSalvatore family and we're going big because...
1: We we love love Jesus! (laughs) Woo!
0: Jesus! 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 We are going big because of all the amazing things that our church and our faith has brought to us. And we want to see that continue for our kids and for other people and we want to see it happen on an even bigger scale.
1: Yeah. We're going big? Yeah. We're going big? Yeah. Go big. Go big. Go big. I decided to go big because um, I'm all in at Northwest. I mean Northwest was the place where I encountered God for the first time. I surrendered my life to him just giving and sacrificing and, and being all in for the generation to come after us that may have that same opportunity, that same environment that I was given so many years ago.
2: I've decided to go big for all the generations that are going to be represented in our church, and I'm super excited for that.
1: We decided to go big for our kids' generation. And to get that bigger stage (laughs) to dance on. Yay! (laughs) We are going big because Northwest is our home. We're the Sellers family, and we've decided to go big because Northwest is our home, and our family's grown up there, and we look forward to their family growing. And we decided to go big for these three, um, for their future families to have a new church building, and we do it for them. I'm going big because I think it's a dumb idea that kids think they can't make a difference because they're kids, and I really want to see the humongous playground we built.
2: We are going big because we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we believe that the vision for Northwest Church is epic. We love what God is doing here, what he's done here, and what he's going to do here. We both found our healing and forgiveness here. We found purpose here. We found our best friends. We found each other. We've raised our children here and are still raising them. And we want that for our children. We want to invest in the vision that God is going to use to also bring our children vision and purpose and healing and their best friends and their life calling. We are so excited to go big.
0: We're going to be making a decision to go big right now. And I'm asking you to, to, uh, to, to be a part of this, to to actually fill out your form. And if you have your form with you, you can fill out that form and drop it off at the church if you want. But we actually also have a web page. And thanks so much to Rick Ramott and his team who was able to put the, the, the web page together for us. And it's at northwestorlando.com forward slash commit. Not commitment, but just commit. That's northwestorlando.com forward slash commit. And we put together a web page, and you can pull it up on your phone, you can pull it up on your laptop, or whatever you like, and that will be the form that we're asking you to fill out. Now, for you who are giving for the first time, I want to tell you how proud I am of you for taking this step. What a huge step it is for you to say, I want to be a part of this. For some of you who are, who are now moving away from just giving out of your excess, And you're giving your first and your best. You're giving sacrificially. I just want to say well done to you for making that decision. Some of you maybe have no intention of giving. And all I would ask you to do is to pray and to ask for courage. In fact, that's the only thing we've ever asked of everybody is to ask God, what do you want me to do? Because I believe that we have to be directed by God, not because we have a brilliant idea or because it seems like it's the, it's, it's, the, it's the right time and I'm being sold into something. This is simply that we're doing exactly what God has called us to do. And if you've never had an intention of giving, I want to just ask you, ask God, just pray and ask for courage to take a bold step in your own life. And for those of you that are guests with us, I hope that what you're going to see right now is something that you're going to be encouraged by. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to walk through this commitment card. And this commitment card has been set up by, uh, uh, by our team here. And in the first section, it actually will give, ask for your name, for your uh, contact details, your email, and your phone number. It's just so that we can get in touch with you if there's any issues. Then if you have a spouse, if you have a spouse, fill in your spouse's information as well. If you don't have a spouse, just type in there, looking for one, and we'll, we'll keep an eye out for you, okay? <laughs> the next box is actually your giving numbers. Now, let me just... Go through this step by step. Your giving numbers are what you normally give in one year. Now, hopefully if you're, if you're someone who's on top of your money, you should know what it is that you normally give in one year. If you don't know, please contact our office. We even have a website called onrealm.org. You can go there, log in details. If not, get in touch with our office. We'll be able to tell you what you normally give in one year. usually most of us actually give 10% of our income in one year. The Old Testament calls that tithe. We're not here to tell you what you should or should not do. Just simply, what do you normally give in one year? That will be your first box. The second box is the amount that we're asking you to commit to over one year that will be over and above what you normally give that will help us to get to where we're trying to get to. You see, what you normally give is what helps us to do all the things that we already do, all the things you love about Northwest. But your second box is what helps us to get to the place that we're trying to get to. Now, if you add up those two numbers, that will give you the total amount that that you're committed to giving in one year. Then we'll move down to the next section. The next section is to take that number to multiply it by two because that two is the two years. What you would normally give in one year with the extra that you're planning on giving, multiply that by two. And now you have a total number of what you're committed to giving over the next two years to the one fund. And that is what will give you everything that you love about Northwest. Everything that will fund everything you love about Northwest for two years. And it will help us to build our future church. Now, some of you maybe have a thing that we are calling stored resources. Now, some of you have already done this. We even have some friends that that don't attend our church, but they've already sent us stored resources. What would stored resources be? Stored resource would be like stock. It may maybe be some investment funds. A stored resource might even be you walk into your garage and find a whole bunch of stuff that you haven't used in 10 years and you could sell that off. Some of you have boats, some of you maybe have cars, some of you have things that are stored resources that are not necessarily in cash right now, but could actually be added on to your total giving. Once you add that on to your two-year commitment, then you get down to the black box at the bottom. And that will be your total giving to the Go Big initiative that we are committing to over the next two years. Now, I want you to know how encouraged I am with the amount of people who have already done this. Now, maybe you're asking the question, why should I fill out a form? Why should I fill out this form online? Why should I fill out the card? Well, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a debt. It's not something that we're saying, now you have to do this. This is simply you saying, this is what I feel God has called me to do. Now, of course, it does help us with, if we have to uh, interact with financial uh, institutions, it helps us to show the commitment of our people. But I see this form. I see this commitment for two years. It's a bit like baptism. Baptism is not something that gets you saved, but it's your public commitment. It's your public endorsement. It's your public shout out to God saying, God has changed my life. And this is what I'm now committed to. In the same way, I see this exactly the same way. It's your public declaration of what you are now committed to. Now, before, before you maybe f- uh, uh, click that button on this form, before you do that, I'm asking you to do something before we do that. This is something that I think is really significant and important. I want you just to take 60 seconds just to turn to your spouse and just ask, ask him, ask her, is this what God is calling us to do? All right, at this time, I'm going to ask you to fill out your form. Either you can fill out the paper form that you have, or you can fill out your, uh, the online form as well. And I want, to, I want you to take this as a moment Of significance because this is really a historical moment in our church that we are collectively coming together and seeing God move through us in this commitment and I've asked the team just to lead us in a quick worship song and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you to actually um, take your take your take the chat box that you're a part of and just to say your name or your family's name and say that you've gone big Like the Bruntons have gone big, the Bantons have gone big, the Evans have gone big. And I want you to do that just so that you can encourage everybody else that is on that chat box to encourage them, to show them that you're taking a step. And even if you're one of our leaders who have already done this on the the Friday night, I'm asking you to do a shout out as well online and say that you have gone big as well. And uh, once we watch, once we just finish this song, I will assume you've taken the time to fill out your uh, your form. I'll come back and then we'll do a few reading of the the chat box, and we'll come back together just in a second. Take it away, please. love that song we will make room for God to do what he's going to do through us that's why when things don't seem to work too well for us or or things don't seem to be going our way or it doesn't seem like we've got control over things or or even this broadcast breaks down none of that matters because at the end of the day it's what God will do through whatever we are giving to him, whatever we put into his hands, he can do more than whatever we could ever ask or imagine. And that to me is exciting stuff. So I want to just say a huge shout out to you. I just want to say thank you to every one of you who have been faithful to give. And if you have never given before, you've never done this before, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you to take this bold step with us because I do believe that God is doing something significant here. This is what I'm committed to. This is what my wife is committed to. And we are all in with this to go big. Crystal, can you tell us some of the- Yes, and can
2: I just make a point? I am loving the amount of children that are giving to the Go Big initiative. Not only can our children see the vision for what's coming and what God has for them, but they are watching their parents live a lifestyle of generosity. Wow. Good job, parents. I mean, when I see Miles Westerville, who has given of his own money, and I see the McCubbin boys who have given of his own money, and I know our children have given of their own money, that says that they trust God and that they see vision for the future. And not only that, they've learned a lifestyle of generosity. So good job, parents. Keep up the good work. All right, let's read out some of these. I see the Millers have gone big. I see that, let's see here, oh my goodness. The brooms have the brooms gone big. The have gone big. The
0: Josephs have gone big.
2: The Morrises have gone big. I can't even Angela. read this fast people. Angela, you've
0: gone big. Nancy Long gone big. Savannah's gone big. The Anna's Matusik gone
2: family's
0: big. gone big. Matusik's, Kat, you've gone big. Matt and Rachel. The White House. The White the House? Have, is that Trump? Whites. Has Trump gone big? That's awesome. No, we know that's Gary and Rachel. They've gone big. The measles. The halls. Oh my gosh. The measles have gone big. Troy. Troy Tuckers have gone big. The
2: Lees have gone big. Mama S.
0: The wafers have gone big. Christy. The Demarists have gone big.
2: Matt and Rachel have gone big.
0: The Boyce family's gone big. McCutcheon's gone big. The The Strombecks. Oh
2: my goodness. The Dosses. Scotland has gone big.
0: Serrano. Scotland has gone big. Woo! Referee right in Scotland. Scotland. Simons have gone big. Oh my gosh, the Luns have gone big.
2: Hello, Luns out there on the
0: coast. The Micaiah we see and Tabitha have gone big. Teresa Fountain has gone big. The Holidays have gone big. The Stags have gone big. The
2: Magnots have gone
0: big. The oh Martels, the Marinos,
2: the Browns,
0: the Nelsons. The The romots! The McCubbins have gone big. The McNoths.
2: Oh, my goodness. This is just making me miss everyone. Hello, everyone.
0: Hi. <laughs> I wish we could all be together again. Wish you were here. I don't like speaking to an empty room, so here's my digital hug to every one of you. Listen, folks, I just want to thank you so much for your commitment. I want to thank you for your faith. I can't wait until we get back together. We're going to be planning, of course, we have Easter that coming up this weekend and we'll be doing an Easter service. But in about a month, maybe in a month and a half time, we're going to be doing, hopefully, we can do a celebration together where we will be able to release the one big number that we have all committed to over the next two years so we can celebrate it with what God is going to do to take us to our future. Listen, I'm so grateful for what you've done. Thank you so much from Crystal and I. you have any last words?
2: Yes, uh, I believe Chase McNaught has just gone big.
0: Chase McNaught, little Chase, oh my gosh. We do love it that our children are so into this. We love you guys. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. We will see you next week. God bless.